What is up, everyone? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your choice for everything American style, which this past week has has come to be known as uh, having a little bit of a different ring to it. It's sort of like, hey, we never get relegated and we're totally static and we play the same teams every year. American style, right? That's what everyone is saying because of this nonsense that just hit the Premier League and pretty much the rest of Europe like a truck. So we'll get into that in a minute because I have to lead with that. But what's more important? Jake Altman's more important for everybody. Jake Altman from uh, Cleveland Evertonians. Cleverton. Yeah, uh, Jake Altman's back. Everybody give him a nice, nice, nice soft clap. You know, because there may be somebody sleeping in the other room with the kids. Jake, welcome back, man. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me again. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, so, Jake, you picked it. We picked an interesting week to have you on, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing really to talk about. Nothing really went on this week, right? No, so it should be quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so... Uh, so we just have to the, the the elephant in the room, uh, Super League, obviously, uh, uh, and that 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 fell down, but people are still claiming it's still possibly in play at some point. Jake, what are your thoughts on all this nonsense, man? This is this is so bizarre, surreal. I think watching it play out in in you know real time with social media and everything was a lot like. It was there was something very cinematic about it, you know. Watching it, you know, uh, there was there it, it, you know, you first started hearing the rumblings, and then you know, all of a sudden it was okay. This is this is maybe a real thing, and then it was a real thing, and then mm-hmm. you know, you had the the uh, kind of the the fans striking back, and and then it wasn't a real thing anymore. And I thought, you know, while I was watching it play out, it you know, as it felt so cinematic, it it, it felt like a like one particular piece of, of, of production. Uh, and that is the, the second, the second act of, of the, the musical and or the movie Les Miserables, where, you know, <laughs> you know, you had this, uh, this big bad, uh, you know, this big bad group who had all the means to do what they wanted to do. And then you have the, the fans who really like, all we can do is, is, you know, build barricades out of desks and chairs and, and uh, you know, whatever else we can find in the street. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, it just, it felt like it was building and building and building and then it exploded much like that second, that second uh, act of, of that particular musical, if, you have, if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then just as quickly as it, as it exploded, it was over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, uh, just very, very strange times. Yeah. Uh, I was like narrating it. I have a, one of my buddies at work uh kyle he's like a big he's a big sports fan but he's not a big soccer slash football whatever you want to call it fan like he's a he like he loves the yankees so he's a baseball guy he loves the rangers so he's a hockey guy he loves the giants so he's an american football guy he likes like every other sport except for this one 
And I'm constantly having to deal with nonsense from him when it comes to like all the people, you know, falling on the ground and pretending like they're hurt. I'm like, sometimes I just want to go to the floppers and be like, look, you're, 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 you're ambassadors for the sport and you're pissing people off. You gotta, gotta, but, (laughs) but, uh, but I actually was narrating the whole saga to him. It's like every hour I had new news for him. I'm like, okay, now this guy from, from Manchester United has resigned. Um, Somebody from Juventus was rumored to have resigned as well. And so it was like, he was like, what's the fallout now? And I got him totally psyched about hearing about soccer for like the first time. It was great. Um, But it was really just the fact that nothing like this really happens in sports. It just doesn't. Yeah. You know? Nothing, Um, nothing, nothing comes to mind that's even similar. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I was seeing, uh, I think his name's uh, Aaron West on, uh, you know, he's a, He's a soccer pundit. Um, he's, you know, seems like a super awesome guy. Uh, he was comparing it to if, if all the big NCAA tournament basketball teams, you know, he was like if Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and UCLA and Indiana and all those programs decided we're just going to be, you know, and we're going to throw in Georgia Tech and NC State just for the heck of it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to have our own. <laughs> we're going to have our own tournament every year. You know, and I was like, wow, that's a good analogy. I'm down with that. Um, subtle, subtle jabs at, at Arsenal and Tottenham. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was like, he was like, yeah, this is a potentially offensive uh, analogy. And I was like, yeah, some people are pissed at that. I got it. <laughs> but then again, I don't know if the Georgia Tech State folk would be, be all too happy because, you know, states won a national championship at least, a couple maybe. Uh, yeah. But um Anyway, just just a strange thing, and there was a lot of comparisons made to American sports, uh, actually. And that's why I was joking around at the beginning. Uh, there was a lot of there was the idea of, I believe, uh, people were talking about the idea that uh, MLS franchises kind of retain their value a little bit better compared to some of the uh, European uh, clubs. And they were just kind of, I think they were just the idea of having that stability. And some of these clubs, they're big, huge names, and they're worldwide, and they're trying to appeal to everyone in every country all over the place. And they're not really all that concerned with the people that live in their city. Um, but I got to be honest, there were people all over the world pissed off about this, man. Yeah, it, it felt like every group of clubs had their own motivation. You know, it, it seemed like it seemed like to me the Spanish clubs were looking for that that stability and that just injection of of capital. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed like the English clubs, other than Arsenal and Tottenham, it was just a money thing. Uh, for the Italian clubs, it was just a just a way to claim any kind of relevance because I don't know the last time that either of any of those three sides really was particularly relevant on the international stage. I mean, Juventus went to the final what four years ago, and it's been pretty disappointing since mm-hmm. then. Uh, neither the other two clubs have made it to the final for a while. I mean, obviously they've, they've won it before, but it's not like they're at the peak at the pinnacle of of European football. And I think for Arsenal and Tottenham, it was just, they were given an offer that (laughs) that they just couldn't possibly turn down. They were probably just shocked to have been invited. Um, Although I I do think that that Spurs have a a bit more culpability there because I know Daniel Levy in the past has been one of the ringleaders for these kind of shenanigans. Mm. Um, but it just seemed like they all had different different levels of motivation and it all came back to to money right to to the the money that stability offers 
immediately I was grabbed by the – I kind of thought about league positions, and I was like, Liverpool's not having their best season, Spurs nor Arsenal either, nor is Juve, you know. Uh, and that could just be a coincidence, you know, but I feel like that's a little bit of motivation when sure. you've been – you're used to being higher and sure. this deal happens to be made when you're lower. Uh, and I feel like Atletico and uh, Barca and uh, Real Madrid, all those – I mean, they're usually top three, right? So there's some stability there. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I At first I immediately thought about the league position of a few – about – five or six of the teams. And I was like, well, the other teams kind of are, are having good seasons, you know, like Inter Milan and AC Milan. Um, you know, uh, Chelsea's fought their way back. You know, they've, they're, they're starting to, you know, since Tuchel came, they, they, they've looked solid. Um, yeah. Just strange motivation. And the big, you know, after the big, after the big flip flop, you know, we are so sorry, uh, sort of, not really, we're just figuring out another way to do it. Um, the, o- the, only, the only thing we've heard is if, you were, if it was offered to you, you you'd have, you'd have took it. And, and I don't know, you know, obviously I can't speak for, for Mr. Mashiri, and, and, but I think that I can probably speak for Mr. Kinwright and for the, folks, the other folks on the board. That, that I don't know that that would be the case. I think that, you know, I think there's an ethos that runs through the club at Everton that is driven and at least in some part by the by by the the local the local feeling that is brought by 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 Bill Kinwright. I know not everybody likes likes Mr. Kinwright, and I understand that. And I, there's in, there's plenty of reasons to not like him, plenty of reasons to like him if you want yeah. to. But uh, but I think that when you have someone like that, I think that's that's one of the benefits there because you have somebody there on on the ground. You know, who could maybe you know maybe hear, hey, we're you know Farhad could say, hey, we've been invited to this. And, and, you know, you'd have somebody who isn't just thinking about the money or isn't just thinking about the, you know, the, the things that you wouldn't think about as a, as a local fan to have him say like, no, this is not, this isn't, this isn't going to work. This is wrong. Um, and I think they're missing that at a lot of those clubs. Um, and, you know, some more than others have been missing it for a long time, especially mm-hmm. in England. Yeah, it was a really, yeah, very surreal. I had mixed emotions, you know. Um, I was blown away at first, and and I was part of me was down because I was like, this is possibly, possibly the, the league kind of being blown apart, uh, as as we know it, and it's a, it's a sad thing. But then, part of me was kind of like, I, I hope these jerks get what's coming to them, you right. know. Right. And, and and that's I don't know that that's I don't know if that's a healthy way to approach life, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And and there's that other selfish part of me that's sitting there thinking, I want points deduction so we get so we get better places, yeah. you know. And immediately sure. I jump to that and 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 is my is my desire for them to have a punishment that's not just financial just straight up selfish need or selfish desire for my team to be lofted up the table more? Or is there, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of something that I do feel like they, they earned something. Um, and it'd be great if that helped me, you know, it helped yeah. us, helped Everton, but I just don't know if that's the most just way to do it. What is the, 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 
what is your punishment stance on all this? So I think that it runs three, three separate levels. You know, there's what I would love to see happen, which is, you know, throw them out. Just, oh, you wanted to leave? Okay, well, then here's the door. You can leave. Um, I think probably, you know, now that they've apologized and, you know, come back, we'll probably pass that. Uh, I think my, my heart says, you know, points deductions, you know, whether it's nominal or large, you know, something like 10 or 15 points so that, you know, uh, it, it sends a message, but it's not, it's not season altering for, for, for them, although maybe it should be uh, some kind of, uh, some kind of financial fine so that you can punish these owners directly. Um, and then, uh, and then either a transfer ban or a European ban, however long it is, one season, one transfer window. What I think will end up probably happening, what my head says, is that they'll be they'll be slapped with a fine that will that will feel really big, uh, but will actually not not be you know not be very much. It'll be something like like fifteen or twenty million dollars, which is obviously a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But you know that's a you know, I saw in one of my group chats that's a you could buy a you could buy a, a shoddy winger for twenty million dollars. Like, you know, yes. you, <laughs> uh, you could you know you could spend you know twenty million dollars isn't isn't enough to get to even buy you uh, uh, necessarily a, qual- a quality a quality starter for one of these teams. So, um, but I ca- I can't imagine that it will go any farther than than the nominal penalties so that we can say, yeah, we did this, especially because it seems like the resolve of UEFA and the resolve of the other leagues has kind of collapsed as far as punishment goes. seems like they're, they're kind of more happy to be like, okay, Hey, we've avoided this. You know, we, we can put the cat back into the bag. Uh, you know, uh, whereas I think a lot of us, myself included kind of see this as if you don't hit them with some kind of actual punishment, and you're just kicking the can down the road and they'll just wait until the next time that they want something. And they'll start, they'll start, you know, uh, start gigging this up again. And, uh, and, and we'll be right where we were 18 months, 24 months, you know, three, four years down the line. And then we'll be there subsequently every two to three years, whenever they decide they don't have enough money or they don't have enough power or whatever it is. Uh, I think unless you really, unless you really find a way to show them this, this is, this is wrong and you've done wrong. Uh, I don't, I don't know that we can, we can be, be done with this. Didn't Barca come out today and say they're not out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and while a lot of these clubs, all the clubs in England have come out and basically apologized, it doesn't change the fact that they, they nailed their colors to the mast, right? They, according to, to Mr. Perez uh, yep. over in, over in, in, in Spain, uh, they, they signed the blood oath, right? Like they, you know, they, they got together and, and, and spit shook on it. It was unbreakable. Uh, so, so they were, I guess before they got their legal, legal folks involved, they were pretty sure this was going to go down and mm-hmm. they didn't care. You know, that, if, if that was his perspective, that it was done, it was signed, the contracts had been signed. Uh, I can't imagine that they went to this with their eyes, with their eyes closed. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that they didn't, they didn't understand, uh, you know, based on what, what Mr. Mr. Perez said, uh, they, they, they knew full well people were going to be angry. They knew full well there were going to be punishments and they were ready to face it. And I think two things were I think two things worked against them. Uh, first of all, I don't think that they anticipated. I don't think they anticipated getting getting told no by PSG, Bayern Munich, and Borussia Dortmund. I think they're they're three heroes here. Even though we don't we don't necessarily like PSG's ownership and 
and we don't like big clubs from Germany either, uh, you know, but, but they, they deserve some, for whatever reason, whether it was their own financial interests or, or because they felt like it was the right thing to do, they looked at this and said, said no thanks. And mm-hmm. apparently so did Red Bull Leipzig, which is shocking. So did Porto, which is like, oh, okay, Porto, that doesn't make any sense, but all right. <laughs> um, you know, so... <laughs> Um, so, you know, we had, they had a lot of clubs that, that said no. And I think once it became clear that, that they weren't going to get a whole lot of joy out of any other European clubs to join this thing, it became untenable. Um, and I think the other thing is that I don't think they anticipated, I think they anticipated because there were no fans in the ground that the fans wouldn't be able to find a way to make their voices heard outside of Mm -hmm. social media. And I think they were, I think they were legitimately shocked at the fact that, uh, that you know that that not a huge amount of people but a decent sized group of people started showing up at their their things and it goes to show you uh, both sports wise and you know in in your civic life what what uh, a loud small group of people can accomplish if they just yeah. go and go and do it uh, and and so i think they were i think they went in with their eyes open knowing that that this was going to be unpopular uh and i think only when it became clear that it was untenable entirely did they abandon ship i think they i think they figured this would be something that would that would garner outrage for two or three days just like everything else that happens and then our short attention spans would move on to the next outrage whatever that was mm-hmm. um and i think that uh that they didn't get they didn't get the two news cycles they needed before they had to shut it down so uh i mean really I kind of really kind of surprising <laughs> i think it's interesting the first two teams to pull out uh chelsea and city um they're they're still in champions league semifinals right yeah that's true and maybe maybe a phone call from um from the folks at at uefa convinced them that this was not you know they were willing to take the financial bath of of throwing them out and dealing with whatever repercussions came from the broadcasters on that um and I hadn't even considered that. I hadn't even considered that they were the they were the first two out, and that that could have been why. I, and I don't I know if that's the case. It just could game. be. It could be coincidence, or it could be just one of those things like put it on the pile of reasons to pull out. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I, I thought that the, the Chelsea supporters were were massive. I mean, I thought that 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 was mm-hmm. one of the big things for me was them them being out there. You know, and I've heard people say, you know, not normally all that happy to 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 say good things about Chelsea supporters. Um, you know, they're not always the most friendly bunch, but, um, but I think them coming out, I mean, they, I think they said that they sent Petr Cech outside to try to they reason did. with them. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, and, and they were just not to be reasoned with uh, and, yeah. and rightly so. Um, so um, I think there, there's one other unsung hero here who I want to shout out. And that is, Whoever it is on Merseyside that's like turning around banners, like professionally screen printed banners in, in 45 minutes, whoever that is, that guy, whatever they're paying him, they should double it. Because I, I, I'm telling you, they had those they had those banners up at Anfield. It seemed like it was like 45 minutes after the announcement was made. They had professional grommeted banners up hanging on the, you know, maybe maybe they had them prepared. Maybe they had uh, FSG out banners prepared just in case. something, but but they were specific. They had dates on them. So like, <laughs> so so whoever whoever is 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 just like 
you know, they, you call them and you're like, Hey, I need two banners that I can hang up on the, on the gates at Anfield. Uh, and I need them as soon as possible. And, you know, this, the screen printer is just like, yeah, sound, just come by in 20 minutes and I'll have them ready for you. Uh, that guy, he deserves a real pat on the back. I like, I like the idea of uh, a pub right near Anfield, like having a, a large glass case that you have to break to get all the emergency banners out. Like get the FSG <laughs> stuff. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> They're always ready. Right. Yeah, and, the- and I understand it's an unpop. It, it's, you know, they're, it's an unpopular ownership group sometimes, right? I'm not sure how many, how many LFC fans would have been super angry at, at, at Fenway sports group last year, you know, uh, when they were, when they were, you know, having, having the trophy and doing all those mm-hmm. things or two years ago when they were winning the champions league, you know, you heard occasional FSG out shouts from them, but um, you know, I think now, uh, you know, you wonder if these owners are going to face some kind of reckoning where, where the fans are just not going to put up. Not only are they angry enough to not put up with this, but they're so angry that they're no longer going to put up with, with Fenway Sports Group or with uh, with Stan the Man down in Arsenal or, or you know, whoever else is uh, whoever else is involved. You wonder if, if now they're looking for the way out because they've realized that their, their positions are untenable. Protests at the... Uh... Manchester United training ground as well. Um, some Glazers out folks. Uh, I mean, it, I also, I'm also curious about the other way around too. The idea of the owners going, you know what? I've had it, you know, I'm going to take my ball and go home kind of thing. Sure. I'm going to sell the club, make my money, walk away and you can deal with some other guy. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could believe that happening. You hear rumors about, you know, owners want to sell now because of this. Um, we'll see. You know, yeah, don't let the door hit you, brother. Yeah, right. I'm uh, sure there's there's plenty of Middle Eastern nation states and Chinese investment consortiums that are happy to take that off your hands. Friends. Like <laughs> I, I don't. It's not. You know, it's not particularly scary to hear that that one billionaire doesn't want to own LSC anymore, right? I'm sure some other billionaire will be more than happy to take them off your hands so or or in the case of wrexham you know mac and deadpool all right mac and deadpool making it happen yeah. all right <laughs> you know if if they had if they had followed through with that plan of you know just kicking those six out and promoting six clubs uh, wrexham would have ended up in uh, in league two so yeah. that would have been a real a real quick promotion for a uh, real quick promotion for not just uh, not not just uh, not just those not just Mac and Deadpool, but also Bootlegger from Twitter. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do follow him. I'll be honest. Yeah. Big big Wrexham guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So really quick, last thing I want to touch on about uh, the, the Super League dumpster fire is mm. uh, Everton's uh, Everton's reaction. So Strong. I, yeah, I, was, I mean, I'll, you know, I was proud of it. Yeah, I think uh, I think some of the some of the uh, some of the language was very fiery, right? You just uh, I'd like to know who who was the one who who wrote out a bulk of the statement. I think that's that's something that that I wonder if if it was you know the the uh, just someone from the communication staff or if or if it was if it was you know uh, Bill Kenwright's flowery language or if it was you know who. Who wrote it? It was Mo Besic. Uh, of course. 
Yeah, yeah, right. to be Mo Bessett. <laughs> I knew we were keeping that guy around for a reason. He's, yeah, like he's got to be doing something, like man. Right, right. You said in fiery language, man. If, if not Mo, then who? Yeah. Just saying. It's a, you know, it, it's it was maybe it was written by by the Arteta money. You know, maybe ah. that, maybe that's around, who knows? Uh, it's around somewhere doing something. So, yeah, uh, you know, so is it, it, it was. It was, I was very proud to read that. It was cool, um, especially with, you know, a lot of other clubs recognizing it. Um, you know, uh, that was refreshing. Um, so uh, you hear a lot of uh, hypotheticals from these other clubs, but um, hypothetical is not a historical event. I think that the two, the last two events that we've had like this so with project big picture and now with this european super league uh you know i think i think we had grown kind of used to over the years everton being a little bit passive when sometimes things aren't going our way and sometimes you'd like the club to say like you know no you can't rescind wingman's yes. son's yellow card like yeah. or his red card he, he, he snapped our guy's ankle in half uh, or, you know, instead of, you know, being kind of soft Everton, you know, the, getting the, the winning the fair play cup for, yeah. for, you know, five years in a row or whatever. Or, or when, or when Neos gets, gets banned, you know, retroactively, right. and he's the first one. And then later on that yep. season, it, it, or it happens like everyone is like flop. I mean, Martial flopped yeah. in the box is in the next year, a year later or something. I was infuriated. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was right. later on and I got so pissed off and I was like, who's going to say something? Why are the fan channels yeah, and, and, even saying something? And and so so when you know and, and it's always felt like Everton you know is happy to kind of be be passive in those situations. Yeah. And I think these last two times they've really taken a leadership role amongst the rest of the clubs, which they really should because among, amongst the rest of the clubs there aren't any other ones as far as history and, and size mm-hmm. that 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 are at that level to be able to take that stand. And that's why last time with, with project big picture, they included Everton, right? That's why mm-hmm. they, they tried, they thought they could be slick and rope us in. And if we were in, then, then they would be, they'd be home free. And of course we weren't in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I would also point to that as to the, to the, to the, what about ism folks, yeah. um, you know, to the, to the hypothetical folks, you know, we, we had pretty much this opportunity given to us with project big picture and, and the club said, no, thanks. That's a, this isn't right. You know, one one club, one vote, and uh, if you don't think that they would have just rammed this through had they gotten their way on Project Big Picture, well, uh, you're mm-hmm. you're wrong because they would have. That, that was the now. I think now it's pretty clear that that this was the end game. So, oh. yeah, I mean, it's. I just thought of an awful analogy, and I'm going to say it because I'm just I'm rolling with it, Let's and go. it's it's so Let's ridiculous. Go. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, my neighbor, you know crapping in my other neighbor's yard you know and i and i, I i'm like dude what are you doing what are you thinking taking a dump in the yard what are you and he looks at me he's like hey man you'd have done it right you'd have done it i'm just like no how do you know how do i know yeah, why, i was not why I was would not, i have done that i was not late at night you know really feeling the, the call you know and why why would you what you know, and so that's the thing. It's like the idea of saying, you know, you would have, huh? Yeah. You know, you know, you would Not have. So sure. Not uh, so sure. I'm I would. like, why, 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 why do you know us so well? You know, 
it's just it's it's that like you know i guess it's it's that thing inside us that wants to feel like hey we're not so bad other people yeah. are bad too right yeah <laughs> uh, dude yeah so the moral of the story is go in your house and use the toilet rich yeah sinks. definitely definitely yeah use use the toilet that's use the toilet mr henry you know mr Cronky, use the toilet you know what just just saying it's it, not going to clean up your mess anymore. All right, so <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, on to the next thing. <laughs> I continue to be a silly, silly person. Uh, so <laughs> let's really quickly do a uh, do a little. We can't do a deep dive because I'm not prepared for it at all. Mm. But new Champions League format. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the, the basic the basic changes are the change to the format to where now it's a one single league instead of groups. Uh, everybody plays at least 10 games. Uh, and then the, there's some changes to how you get into the knockout stages, which I'm not entirely sure how it works, but it ends up being more games, which is exactly what nobody wants, apparently. But yet here we are. Um, and then there was some changes to qualification. They added four new qualifiers. Um, one of which is the fourth place team in the French league or the third place team, someone in the French league, mm -hmm. the last place team, somebody from France. Um, and the first, the winner from Austria automatically qualifies. So, so you can go ahead and pencil in Red Bull Salzburg there. Yep. And, um, and then there are two clubs that are, that are, up, that are put in based on their, their UEFA coefficient, meaning the high, the two highest rated teams in their UEFA co coefficient that did not qualify by tra traditional means by, you know, earning it, uh, they're put in, uh, as, as two like legacy clubs. Um, so it sounds like, uh, you know, like a way to, to ensure that, that if a club like, like Juventus or Liverpool finished in, you know, outside of the spots in their league, that they would still have a, a chance to get in. Um, I think someone pointed out earlier today that, that Everton's UEFA coefficient is 77th. Mm -hmm. So uh, probably not, uh, probably not one of the top two at this time. Um, but I guess if the other, no, that doesn't make sense. No, we, so we're not, we're not going to get one of those legacy spots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some, some numbers in my head and yeah, no, 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 there's no way there's only 36 teams and there's, clearly two more um but that's the so those are the those are the changes um i i can't say that i'm really all that bothered by the changes to qualification like i i don't like the legacy spots but i don't know uh i think the thing that, that frustrates me is that like why why are you messing with the, the concept of the tournament itself like why not just keep the group stage if you're adding four more teams, I mean, I guess then you'd have to add then four more other teams to, to make it so that the, the tournament actually worked. But yeah. um, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like, I feel like there's this, this, there's this pervasive voice. I, I, I'll compare it to something. So college football overtime, I think everyone has always kind of said that college football overtime is preferable to NFL overtime because in NFL overtime, you, you can score on your first drive and the game's over and the other team doesn't even get a chance. It, it, kills, three, it kills a lot of the, the drama of overtime, yeah, right? Yeah. 
maybe three or four years ago, there started to be this like shift amongst sportscasters where they started complaining about college football overtime and saying that it's, it's not, you know, it's not really football because it's only 25 mm. yards. It's yeah. not, you know, uh, the, you know, calling for it to be changed. Uh, when I don't think that there's anybody who's like, yeah, I don't like college football overtime. I think there's, there's another way to do it. Uh, and that's kind of how it feels with the Champions League right now. It feels like nobody was saying that they didn't like the Champions League format and that like the Champions League was broken. And now all of a sudden, the Champions League was broken before and we have to fix it, right? That was the, the onus behind the Super League was that, that, that the Champions League wasn't working. Uh, and now the onus behind these changes is obviously that somebody felt like the, the Champions League as it was constituted at the time wasn't working. And I just don't know where that idea has come from. I, I, is adding four new teams, two of which are, are already probably in the Champions League, making it that much more financially viable if that's the problem? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what the changes are for. It doesn't seem like it makes it any more compelling. It doesn't seem like it makes it any more marketable. What's the point? <laughs> Why yeah. fix it? Like, I, I, I like the idea of France getting more teams because I feel like I respect the French League more than I think uh, maybe that I, than I ought to. But I feel like tons and tons of talent comes from there. Like so sure. much talent sure. comes from the French sure. League. And uh, they had two semifinalists last year. In the that's what I was going to say. They tend to show well, you know, yeah. in a lot of these, in a lot of these uh, European tournaments. So I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with that. And I, I like, uh, I, I like RB Salzburg. Um, yeah. You know, I think they're, they're quality and I think they, they're entertaining and they're, usually bring they bring a lot of quality to the tournament as well um those are those are competitors who can win some games and they're also i think a a, maybe not a you know one of the top three french teams can you know they can put someone you know they can upset somebody you know and i think salzburg can too but i guess it's the legacy team thing that's bugging me more than anything um, yeah. Just the idea of you almost qualified, and that's good enough for us. Come on well, in, man. You know, I, don't know just... that, I don't know that you even have to have almost qualified, right? I think it's based on your coefficient from the last five from years. From last season? Oh, that's, oh yeah. last five years? That sucks. Last five years. So, so, I mean, hypothetically, obviously this wouldn't happen, right? But hypothetically, a team like, like Real Madrid or Juventus could get relegated. <laughs> And then still, as I understand it, still qualify for the Champions League as far as, oh, as, as the UEFA coefficient. And, and I, I don't like it. Uh, it. It seems like this has been coming, right? Uh, and it seems like it's a little bit of a slippery slope where, where it now it's two, but the next time that they want to fight about this, it'll be four, and then it'll be eight, and then eventually it'll be 12, and we'll be right where we were, and they'll either be you know, 60 teams in the Champions League, or they'll still be 36, and 12 of those teams will be automatic qualifiers every year. Yeah. And and if they if they're automatically qualifying based on their last five years, and their coefficient is based on their performance in Europe, then they'll they'll qualify every subsequent year because yeah. they'll they won't have missed Europe ever. So it's. I guess you know I said I wasn't bothered. I guess I am bothered. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of irritating. Yes. That's the part that irritates me about the whole thing. Uh, I'm I'm cool with those other two teams. I yeah. I think they they make the tournament more interesting, more you know sure. expansive in a good way. 
And I understand if their numbers aren't right. Uh, but I, I really, I really think, I don't know. I feel like this is a throwing a bone to those super league type teams. Right. Well, you know and what they, I mean? they negotiated this. I think this is another piece that makes it really frustrating that just kind of dawned on me. They've been negotiating this for, for, for months you know, negotiating in good faith with, with Juventus and, and Real Madrid. And, and so I think it was specifically with, uh, with Manchester United and, and Juventus were the two teams that were really driving this, negotiating in good faith with UEFA to get this. And then on the eve of getting exactly what they negotiated for, again, in good faith, they, they pulled their Super League stunt. And then they still get what they negotiated for. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them now saying, okay, we're going to use the Swiss model and we're going to add these four, these four teams. But for the first five years, this coefficient nonsense is meaningless. For the mm-hmm. first five years, this is going to go now to the, you know, the, I don't know, the winner of the, the Belgian league and the winner of the, the Tipelag and, uh, or, or whoever they decide, as fifth place in the Premier League, you know, going down another place in Spain or in you, Italy. You know what would be cool? I realize this is this is a, a silly thing to say, but I like the idea of just having rotating spots. You know yeah. what I mean? Like give an extra one to Serie A one year and an extra one to Bundesliga or, one year. And you just, or just, base, it on, base it on like, uh, you know, whoever of the of – the, of the top five leagues, whichever non-qualifier had the most points this season gets mm-hmm. that spot, you know? So even if you finish in fifth place, if you have more points than a team that finished, you know, in fifth place in Italy, not every team, I, I don't know. Ha- just not every team has the same here. number of, not every team has the same number of teams in their league. That's, not every league. Sorry. That's fair. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the fair. only issue. I don't, hey, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I don't look, have any, anything look, better are, than, we're trying yeah. to solve some big problems here, Jason. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anything's better than what than, than the legacy thing, especially yeah. when you really get down and think about it. When you really when you really kind of drill down and think, what well, this is what this actually means is that is that mm-hmm. you know right now it means that Juventus qualifies even though they're not qualifying, right? That's <laughs> that's what this means. Yeah, um, and that probably means that that Tottenham qualifies even though they're not qualifying. Right or that Liverpool qualifies even though they're not qualifying. Whichever, whoever it is that finishes on the outside, um, you know that's that's kind of that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I don't know if, if you've already started hearing conspiracy alarms going off, but they're like the Super League was announced and made everybody pissed off, so they would let the Champions League reforms slip in unnoticed. It does feel a little bit like that, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I I would I would hate to think that like all of the uh, all of uh, Seferin is that all of his anger, all of his righteous indignation was 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 theatrical, was was entirely performative, and that he was just really selling it so that they could slip this through. I don't know that that uh, that that, <laughs> that Ed Woodward resigns if that's the case, right? I mean, they're really going to sell the bit if. Uh, if you know, uh, you know, part of it is that, that Ed Woodward goes away. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe it's one hey, of those things. Oh where no, the truth is stranger than fiction. Hey, I got to be honest. I, I I don't subscribe to that particular conspiracy theory. I just think it's interesting to uh, 
pose the question. So <laughs> uh, it, bears, it bears consideration. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, while they while they sort out that mess, um, good things in the Everton world. Uh, I'll start with the what I consider the shorter topic because I don't think it's a, a long one for right now. Uh, Marcel Bronze. Apparently, it only took him uh, listening to Zed Cars one time around to sign that sign that new contract. So that's so that's the thing that happened. And that yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think I agree. Um, you know, I, I was able to, you know, I, I'd like to think that him talking to some, <laughs> him talking to some Everton supporters uh, at the weekend uh, is what, what pushed him over the edge. He, he decided after speaking with us that, that he wanted to sign on for three more years. Uh, I think that, <laughs> uh, that, that I don't know that you can really point to anything definitively at this time that has been a major, major success for, for, for Marcel. Um, but I also can't point to anything that's been a major, major failure. I mean, I think the team is better now than it was when he arrived. Um, I think he's made some shrewd purchases. Luca Dean, uh, I think you, you could argue that the year, I mean, it was a good purchase, but basically rating Barcelona at, when he first started was, was, was smart. Um, Godfrey, man. you know, Godfrey. yeah, Godfrey, uh, bringing down the prices on Allen, uh, Alan Decore and obviously getting getting James on a free, mm-hmm. uh, you know those are good buys. But with that, you also have to consider, you know, and maybe he didn't make these decisions, but you have to consider Alex Awobi and you have to consider mm-hmm. Fabian Dell, and uh, you know, and I think one of the things that will really speak volumes will be uh, uh, what happens with Moise Keane now. Are we able to turn Moise Keane around for more money than than we we spent on him? I think we ought to be based on what it looks like. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and I think that'll be a big win for 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 Marcel Brands, um, you know, because I think that could have been a big loss uh, mm-hmm. if if he had gone to PSG and and you know been what he has been here, um, you know. So so that'll be that'll be a a win for him so long as it it comes to fruition, um, and uh, and then you know the the youth squad, you know, what where where do the youth players go from here, and is there is there a real, a real opportunity for, for young players to become a part of, of the first team squad instead of like we've seen for probably the last seven years, we hear about a promising youngster, they make two or three appearances on the bench, maybe they play in an FA Cup game and then they go to Sunderland mm-hmm. on the free. Yeah. Um, that, you know, if, if brands can end that cycle of us losing youth players for free or for very little money while we watch, uh, you know, the, the team across the park, uh, sell literally piles of garbage for 20 million pounds. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we got to, uh, we, I think we get really have to figure out how to, how to compete at that level. And I think that's a big task for brands to, to I think that'll be one of the big things that he's judged on whenever it is that his time at Everton is over. Um, but yeah. so far, I think he's been fine and I'm happy yeah. that he's going to be here. Yeah. I think I'm probably a little more positive. You know, uh, Fair enough. <laughs> although you're pretty positive, to be frank, you're pretty positive yeah. um, on this. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, transfers wise, I think transfers, I do think, you know, not everything's been a hit. Yeah. Um, it's never, never going to be. Yeah. Gonna be. Um, I think the stuff that's been almost more impressive to me is his ability to move folks along. 
shifting out, you know, shifting out places on the roster, shifting people out, getting them out, you know, to more appropriate destinations. Uh, and I feel like there, there's a, there's something happening with the youth squads, man. There's something happening with the youth squads. I feel like there's a, there's a new uh, mindset where I feel like uh, players are, they're, they're going to start moving players along as well there. And I feel like we're starting to see that as well. And I think you're seeing a lot more players playing up, uh, you know, a lot more 16 year olds playing with the, and 17 year olds playing with the U23s. And you see some of these players making the bench. There's a lot of them making the bench, man. And I realize we have yeah. a lot of injuries, but still yeah. that's awesome. You know, yeah. there's a lot I mean, of. Been, it's been sorry. such a weakness. That's been such a weakness for the club over the last, however many years before I mean and none of that is Brands' fault right but for a long time you know you'd find that our U23s were all 19 20 21 years old uh, and they were playing and they looked really good and this this comes back to my my uh, my maybe unpopular take that 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 Mr. Unsworth should find new employment but um, I don't I don't know <laughs> if that's necessarily un popular i've heard it uh, okay. i've heard it before well, but uh, uh, go into it a little <laughs> bit just so just so people who haven't heard that before well just uh, because you know it, it's all it's all well and good to win you know to win plastic trophies at the at the u23 level um but that is not that is not you know born fruit uh for for the, the senior squad um you know really if you really think about youth products of everton uh, over the last, you know, since Ross Barkley, let's say, you're mm-hmm. really talking Tom Davis, and that that's the, that's the list. That's the that's the list. Everyone else that you know, people might point to DCL or might point to Holgate, uh, but we purchased those guys when they were ready to go. Um, you know, DCL was starting for the for the Sheffield United first team. Uh, Holgate, I believe, was was playing regularly for was it Barnsley? Is that who we bought him from? Yeah, it was Barnsley. Um, um, and and so so I don't really count them. Uh, it's really mm-hmm. you know really Tom Davis. Uh, you know uh, Anthony Gordon is is on loan at at uh, Preston, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see how it goes if and when he comes back. Uh, a lot of our defenders have really. Uh, have really gone on loan to, to clubs like Reading, and and that's another thing we got to stop sending players on loan to, to Reading. Uh, <laughs> but but we send them on loan, and and they don't really impress, or they get hurt, or they you know they start for a little while and then they fall off. Uh, and that that could be a mentality thing. That could be any number of things. But but meanwhile, we've got 21 year old players on our on our U23 side. You know, every couple of years, winning PL2 or winning the winning the U23 FA Cup or whatever it is that they do. And you get smiling pictures of, uh, of, of Rhino with the trophy and with these guys who really ought to be on loan at, you know, wherever, uh, instead of, you know, wasting away at Finch Farm and not, uh, you know, not really ever fulfilling their potential because then they turn 23 and we're like, well, what do we do with you? Um, you know, then you get like a, a Luke Garbett situation where the manager doesn't even know who he is and he's been at the yeah. football club for, eight years, uh, you know, that's, you get situations like that. And I think that's largely down to what, what I call the, you know, as, as a baseball fan here in America, what I call the four a syndrome where you've got all these players who are, who are just, you got down at the triple a level at the highest minor league level, hitting home runs, batting 400, 
you know, doing all kinds of wonderful things. And then you bring them up to the big leagues and they, they, you know, they can't hit a beach ball with a barn door. Yeah. And, and so you send them back down and they start hitting, you know, they're hitting the hell out of the ball again. And you bring it back. And so you get these players who are really, they're not major league players, but they're not. Yeah. And I think Everton has been so good at producing the Matty Penningtons, right? At the, at producing yeah. those guys who are just, you know, they're, they're way too good for U23. And at the U23 level, they dominate the 16 and 17 year olds they're playing against. Mm-hmm. But then when you bring them up to the top, the top squad, they just, they just can't cut it. And so then, you know, you end up letting them walk away at the end of their contract for nothing or you sell them for some nominal fee to some league one side. And, uh, and that's, I just find that to be really frustrating. So if brands can sort out either a pipeline to the first team, or at least monetizing that, that youth setup mm-hmm. uh, in a way that we're selling these players on and making some money, I think that would be, that would be, uh, I think that would be a big success for him. And I think, I think the first step to that, frankly, is, is, you know, telling, telling, Telling Mr. Unsworth, unfortunately, hey, you've it's been you've been a great servant to the club. You know, go manage a championship side. I wonder, I wonder if if it's a situation though where Un, you know Unsworth has sort of been just doing what he feels like to be right. He was given a task, make the team good. He's been yeah. doing that, but now he's yeah. got someone who's brought a a different type of philosophy, a different type of mindset, and. I would be really curious to see if they start thinking, okay, stylistically, this is what we want to do. And these are the type of players we want to bring in. But these are the type of players we want in these type of positions. And this is how we want to do development now. And if Unsworth taps into that and is on board with that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'd be happy to, I'd be happy if I believed that he could transition from the, like the, the, the broken four, four, two that they're running down there. Um, which I, I love four four two, right? I, I'm I'm all about it, uh, but <laughs> but that's not that's not what we play at the at the at the top level. It's been what we play at the top level for maybe six weeks out of the entire time that I've followed this team, much to my mm-hmm. chagrin, because I think it it works. Um, but we don't do that. We don't. We've never been that side, other than for a few games under under Ancelotti and maybe some games under Duncan. Um, you know, we, we have managers that want to run four, three, three, or want to run what I call four, five, zero, 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 one. Um, and, uh, and, and when you're not doing that at the, at the U23 level, you just wait, you're just, you're teaching guys to do something that they're not going to need to do unless we send them to Sunderland on a free, which we do <laughs> Morgan, Morgan Feeney, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I, I get sick of hearing these names that are supposed to be really good. And of course, you're never going to get 100% strike rate on your on your youth setup. No one ever, no one does, right? I mean, if you look at, at, at Liverpool, what do they have on their side as far as people that have come out of their academy right now? Just Trent, right? That's, that's it. Uh, if you look at Chelsea, who on their side has come through their academy? Mason Mount? Uh, he's a great player, but it's it's really. I mean, they have Tammy Abraham, and they have a bunch. So maybe that's a bad example. They buy so many players. <laughs> they do. Oh but, my and, they, God. and yet they still, and yet they they buy so many players, and yet they still have three semi regular starters in their in their big league squad that that have come through their youth ranks. Yeah, I mean, they you know? they send so many players on loan. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's one of the and, things I think Marcel's yeah. doing. Is he's he's doing a good job putting players out on loan too. Let's keep these excited. guys good loans. Yeah, let's keep these guys Sims. good loans. Yeah, that's a great loan. Blackpool, I I love that. Love that loan. 
Uh, I love I love uh, Anthony Gordon at, at Preston because you know I thought that he needed to play, but I didn't think he was good enough to play at Everton. I didn't think he really really impressed when he was given opportunities, other than one time against Leicester City that people like to point to. Branthwaite at uh, at Blackburn was going pretty yeah, well. It seemed like he was going well for He just got in, yeah. injured, so he's yeah. he's going to be out now. But the, the manager but, was very complimentary, which is cool. Yeah, but we've also got uh, got the defender on loan at Reading, which again, why we ever send players on loan to Reading? I had a lot of hope for Lewis Gibson, dude. Yeah, I mean, and I think he could still be a good player. Yeah. Um, but we but we send these guys. I mean. Reading seems to be a, a black hole where our players go to to struggle and and to to stall. I, we sent Ja Virginia there last year. Oh, and, dude! And he played like three games, and then the manager decided, "No, I'm done with him." Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I understand maybe he didn't perform very well, but like you took a you took a 19 year old goalkeeper on loan, friend. Like this is yeah. This was this was part of the deal. <laughs> yep. You know so. But but I mean, if brands can get these guys good loans as he has done, and if he can at least start to start to kind of make it so that we're we're at least creating a pipeline to, if not yeah. first team players, then money. <laughs> that's I think that's yeah. the, you know because then you can turn around and spend that ten million, five million that you that you get from from a promising young youth player on mm-hmm. on a player who maybe is ready to ready to go, uh, or and- you can invest it in five more youth players. <laughs> Additionally, I mean, we're talking about a guy who makes a lot of, of decisions yeah. in the club, even down to, like, our kits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the way our kits look. And he makes a lot of decisions that I'm not, I'm not completely sure everybody is aware of, you know? Yeah. I remember when he first came in, he said, yeah, I like to have a say on that kind of stuff. I remember very early, like, him saying, yeah, I, I, I care about all these things. So, I mean, he's got his hand in a lot of different, a lot of different pots. And I, I don't know. I think overall the club looks a lot better right now. I think you're right. Yep. I think we're, it doesn't always feel like it, but we're much closer to where we want to be now than we have been even in times that we've qualified for Europe, right? Even times that we've, we've scraped our way in in seventh place. Uh, I think we're, we're far closer now uh, to, to what it is that I think we all want, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think that, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who think, you know, we're right there. We're right on the cusp. I don't know if that's the case. I think we're, of course, still a little ways away, yeah. but we are so much closer now than we were, uh, before, before brands showed up. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. I, I think that, I don't think you could argue that this, that I, I don't know that, that we've had a, a squad with this kind of quality in it in a long time. Um, doesn't all fit together always, and we're missing no. some pieces. Mm-hmm. And and I think if you give brands time, if we give, you know, this this summer will be a really good test to see can we fill that slot at right back. As much as we all love Seamus Coleman, it's just it's it's time to start looking for for the Luca Dean over there, right? It's time to yeah. we, we love Leighton Baines, but we still acknowledge that it was time. Um, yeah. If we can find some more attacking creativity. You know, and we can get deals on those guys where we're not paying through the nose for guys that may or may not work out. Then I think we'll, we'll look really good. Uh, yeah. I think this is this will be a telling off season for 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 brands. I think so far so far so good, uh, and uh, I'm hoping that we'll get we'll get you know a nice fun off season as far as signings, and uh, we can all point to that as as his masterclass and getting this team to the Champions League. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's, I feel like his job is a grind. It's a long grind. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, uh, it's going to be, he's, it's uh, slow progress every year, you know? And I think just kind of taking a reassessment every year uh, to look at the whole picture rather than just, Oh, that, that signing didn't work. He sucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a yeah, lot, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to think about, yeah. you know? So. And, and I think, you know, we've also changed what it is that we want from him in the last 18 months, right? Because whenever he came, it was, the idea was kind of like, let's buy, let's buy potential. Mm-hmm. And now we've, we've reached a point now where with Carlo Ancelotti and with guys like Hamas, Hamas Rodriguez in the team with, with, you know, DCL maybe hitting a little bit earlier than we expected him to. Um, and with, you know, Richarlison being as good as he is and, and being uh, the kind of player that traditionally we've only had for so long, um, there's a lot of pressure to, to change that mentality to, to yeah. win now. And I think that he's done a good job so far of marrying those two by, you know, you, yeah, you go out and you get Decore and Allen who are maybe a little older than you want but you also bring in Bid Godfrey, right? So you're still focusing on that, the future. Um, you're still focusing on those players who are going to, if not be Everton players for for the, the foreseeable future, right? If not for their entire careers. So you're talking yeah. about players who are going to someday garner you a big paycheck, which you can go reinvest in, in mm-hmm. other Ben Godfrey. You know, uh, uh, Ben Godfrey, he seems to like it at Everton, but he's not, he's not a local ad. He's got no loyalty to, uh, to this specifically. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, when the time comes, if the time comes, great. You know, we'll, we'll take the money, we'll double our money, triple our money on him, and, and we'll go do it again. <laughs> and I think that's, I think Brands has that mentality, and I yeah. think that's good. I think that's a good mentality to have and not, he seems like the kind of guy, and maybe it's just him being Dutch, but he seems like the kind of guy that doesn't look at these things too sentimentally, right? Who doesn't, right. who doesn't look at things uh, through that lens. And I think that helps, you know, when you can, he just kind of, he seems very, and again, you know, maybe I'm stereotyping him because he's Dutch. This has been my experience with, with Dutch folks is that they're, you know, they're, they're sometimes a little bit cold, but sometimes you need that, that cold calculated eye for this specific role. I mean, it's uh not quite money ball but it's you know he's just looking at okay uh looking at a skills versus dollars and cents and making financial decisions and player decisions that are going to help the club yeah. uh you know so and he's also about good guys too i think that's the yeah. other thing to point out is he does seem to, he does seem to have a little bit of that sentimental focus on finding guys who fit the culture of the club which is important too agree you know, we're not just we're not just going out and buying you know uh, and we may buy this guy someday so i don't want to uh, you know, we're not just going out and buying like Memphis Depay, right? Like somebody who maybe isn't maybe isn't the best character guy, uh, or people say that. I don't know. I never met him. He could be the greatest guy in the world. But uh, I, I I actually don't know enough about him. I know that uh, he's. I don't know. I think it depends on the team. He seems like he's fit in at Lyon really well. Yeah, I feel um, like in, I feel like at Man United, I remember him being a bit of a problem child. So like that's why you I, hear. I heard a story or two, and I never knew if they were true. So I was just like, eh, yeah, I, I just know. assume. Yeah, I just figure <laughs> maybe they're. Yeah, sorry if you're listening, Memphis. I I, I didn't mean any offense. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of Memphis <laughs> watching this. You know, I know you're. Big time footballer and all, but yeah, let's yeah. let's deal. Maybe with 
he googles his name and somebody somebody you know types all this out so he you know he he might see it and he you know sorry i didn't mean i didn't mean anything by it (laughs) (laughs) oh oh jake pissing off memphis already all right so haven't even gotten here yet (laughs) (laughs) all right so marcel marcel bronze uh i get the criticism but i also i i think the new contract's good Three, three more years let's do it yep um Last thing before we move on to Arsenal, uh, this mm-hmm. past weekend, Everson USA live event uh, happened. Um, yeah. I got to see some of it like replay style, um, but I uh, didn't get to see it live because of children playing the sports. Uh, too many, too many games that day. But uh, so you were there, you were there. in the thick of it. Tell me about the guests. Tell me about the activities, and tell me sure. about your your fond memories. Yeah, definitely. I think it was it was really well put together by the club. Um, you know, I, I was a part of, of the small group that kind of brainstormed it and kind of got it to the to the club. So that was really really nice to kind of see it come to come to fruition, um, come together. It wasn't exactly how we had it planned when we started drawing it up. I think when we started drawing it up, we had it planned to be in person and be together and drink a lot yes. and do all those things that you do when you get together with people you like. Um, and that didn't obviously COVID kind of kind of uh, didn't didn't dissipate like maybe we we hoped it would. Um, so so but with that being said, uh, I think. You know, we, we brought the ideas to the club. Tony did, who I know you talked mm-hmm. to last week, and who was is everybody's favorite member of the fan forum. Um, he, he brought he brought our ideas to the club, and they were all about it, and they were all about setting it up, and they really went to town. I mean, I don't think that we anticipated it being as – I think our idea was maybe a little more grassroots, right? I think we were thinking, like, oh, man, maybe if we, like, if we all DM Tim Howard at the same time, he'll come on. Um, and, and, you know, so had the club's backing was huge to, to – to get all these different guys, uh, to get Marcel Brands on to, to talk to us live, uh, to get uh, obviously, I think the the crown jewel of the of the event was was getting Tim Howard on to, to answer mm-hmm. questions live, and and um, you know the fact that that he took the time, and the fact that that everyone at the club took all the time to to, to really push that together was was really 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 cool. Um, some of the other highlights, I think, were. Uh, I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed the interview with Sandy McIver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hearing her experience as a college athlete in the United States and how that how that prepared her to be a professional mm-hmm. goalkeeper that was really cool. Because um, she played for Clemson, her. right? She did play for Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed hearing from uh, from Willie Kirk. I think you know we had him live for a little while. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Dr. Everton live for a little bit, which was really cool. He's one of my favorite people to hear on podcasts. Anytime I see that he's on on the guest list for for uh, Toffee TV or whoever, uh, it's mm-hmm. just he's just such a he's just an encyclopedia, like a walking encyclopedia of Everton knowledge. And you know, you could tell that there was a direction that that Darren, uh, the the host, wanted yeah. to take the conversation with him, and it was clear that that you were we were going to follow every every single you know rabbit hole that we that he that his brain conceived and and it was every every single one of them was was an interesting story or a funny anecdote or you know he's like i want to show you this thing that i have and he's got like you know a sign from saint domingo's or something and you're just like that's that's incredible like he's just he's just he's got it all um and then of course at the end we had the everton quiz 
which was uh, we there's some app that you download Kahoot I think it's called I guess the kids use it for school mm-hmm. and uh, you know there was a little a little trivia uh, that I did embarrassingly poorly on in my opinion um, it's tough <laughs> though there were some there were some tough questions uh, but yeah all overall really really fun event um, mm-hmm. you know really fun to get get you know to have that kind of interaction to be able to type questions into the box and have Tim Howard answer those questions was it was, it was amazing. It was, uh, you know, apart from, from, you know, actually like sitting down across the table from Tim Howard, right. Which will right. that ever happen? Maybe someday, probably not. Uh, Tim, if you're listening also, hit me up. Let's have a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was really well done by the club. Everybody seemed, seemed to have like gusto for doing it. It didn't seem like anybody was phoning it in, which of course they wouldn't be, but you know, you get the sense that like, you know, okay, well, did they, did they have to go and drag somebody in here for this? But no, they were all, they were all enthusiastic. They were all happy with our questions. They were all happy to chat with us. And I, I think it was, uh, I think it was a brilliant event. I'm blown away by the effort involved on the part of the various supporter groups and on the part of the club. That's, I mean, that's a big, it's not an easy thing to pull together you know? Um, yeah. And um, it's just a really impressive thing. Uh, I, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. it's just, a, it, yeah, very impressed. And I, I get a little, I almost get a little emotional thinking about it. I'm a big fan of Tim Howard. Uh, yeah. You know, big fan of Marcel Bronze. Um, frankly, quit you know any quiz stuff is going to be impossible for me uh i i yeah i i usually i'm I'm better at asking the questions rather than answering them uh i think they they gave me uh paul gave me a quiz one time that was more american based uh on uh toffee blue view back in the day it was Mm -hmm. like maybe last year i think but so not really back in the day um and i didn't do horribly but, uh, you know, he had made a specific, like, American, like, Toffee Blues one. Um, okay. But, uh, but, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I only got to watch, like, 30 minutes. So I didn't get – I didn't really get it. And it was, like, sporadic moments that where I kind of skipped. So I didn't really get everything that I wanted to do on Sunday. Um, yeah. No, Monday. Sorry. Um, so, uh, but yeah, anyway, man, I, I just watching, it was kind of exciting to sit there and see the fan wall and see that was actually, I think that may have been the, the idea of like looking at the fan wall and seeing everybody's faces yeah, on there. That was cool. That was, it was definitely cool to see. And like to go through like the list of people on there and see like, Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. Uh, so that was, that was really fun. And I think, uh, you know, I think it was, I think the one disappointment was that, you know, it happened, and then like immediately after, all this news of the Super League stuff started coming yeah. out, and it was yeah. like it, it like overshadowed the really fun time that we all had, because like then there was there was the because of of the nature of this of that you know Everton had done this big thing to to connect with American fans, and then there was this kind of collective shame amongst American soccer fans that that it was you know it was our people who were messing this whole thing up, so I think that uh, that was kind of a bummer. 
but yeah. but I think the event was the event was fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I think we all hope that next year we can do something similar again, and that, that we can all get together for it somewhere, probably Miami. You know what? The, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, first of like all, that? yeah, never been there. Yeah, uh, but I also will say, you talked about the collective shame. I will say, the majority, okay. Of, of Premier League supporters in America support either the Rich Six or Everton. That's true. The majority support, of them. Some of them support Fulham. There's, there's, there's a oh, no. oh, no. There are little sprinklings of West Ham here, <laughs> you know, Southampton over here. Yeah, yeah, that, there's, yeah. There, those exist. The vast majority are Rich Six and Everton, right? Yeah. Almost, I would say, 95% of my friends who watch Premier League and support teams are Rich Six fans, okay? That lets me cleanse some of that shame because although being American, yes, feel a burden on that, but I'm an Everton supporter, so screw all you other Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not me. I didn't no, do that's it. Not, not, only did, not only did I not do it, my club didn't even do it. You know, I'm just like, you know what? We had the ability couldn't, to pick these. You know what I mean? We had, we had the, you know, and you picked the ones that were all about the money grubbing. Gross, gross. You know? Well done, me. guys. See? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just an easy, you know, flaunting it. Fair so, enough. Uh, so it is possible if, if you missed most of the Everton USA live event like I did, I only got some of it. Uh, you can go back. You can go back and check yeah. it out. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Go back and check it out. Because um, I would like, I'm hoping to watch some with my kids. I definitely. Think I would, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, would, I would definitely recommend the, uh, the McIver interview since I mean, yeah. your kids are young, but they're athletes and maybe oh, yeah. someday they'll have to make those kind of decisions. So, uh, oh, and and she was she was just fun to talk to. Well, fun to listen. To. We didn't get to ask her questions. She wasn't live, but it was a fun interview. So, last thing, uh, notice you, you if you were if you're watching, you saw uh, Jake's Cleveland uh, Hummel gear, which is which is awesome. Soccer has got that. We talked about it before. Please check that out. Uh, there's there's a lot of good stuff to check it out. So look at look it up on Soccer uh, for your respective fan group uh you know personally i would i'd be into the carolina toffees because i'm that's where i'm from but uh yeah. yeah think about wherever you're from and there's some really cool gear on there y'all for real definitely um gosh i just dropped a y'all you're welcome <laughs> remember where i'm from America. hey hey and southern uh so uh okay so that's sort of the everton news segment just got done with that. Got to talk Arsenal. Um, not going to go too deep in the weeds because we got to be honest, it's going to be happening tomorrow, which is by the time people are watching this, that's today. So really just a, just a brief review of what's happening. Uh, Arsenal right now, I, I didn't realize this, they're ninth. They're right behind us in the Premier League with uh, 46 points. They're 13, 7, and 12. Uh, previous match, they stole a point from uh, – stole. yeah, they stole a point from the Fulham match. Uh, 1-1 with a late goal. They uh, made a statement in their 4-0 win over Slavia Prague, which was uh, which was cool. Uh, and before that, a 3-0 win over Sheffield 
United. Uh, this, you know, the game, uh, our match with them will feature no Obama, Obama Yang and no Lacazette, which I'm good with that. Um, but, you know, something they still have in Ketia to play up top, who's a good player. I mean, they're still Arsenal. They still have talent, right? Right. They still have talent. Right. And yes, they're still learning a system. They're still developing a, a, a fresh new culture with, uh, with Arteta. But, hey, uh, there's still talent there. Um, probably starters looking at, like, Leno, Chambers, Holding. Um, I guess it's Mari, uh, Xhaka, Sabalos, Partey, Partey. Partey and Saka, Smith Rowe. Those are my players. I really, I like watching those players. Those are quality players. Um, yeah. Probably could see uh, Pepe starting as well. And then Ketia. Who are the players on Arsenal where you're like, yeah, I'd worry about them. I would normally say, you know, I look at Pepe and I look at Saka because they're just both, I guess the, the thing that comes to mind when I think of them is fast. And that, that makes me nervous when it comes to Everton defenders at times. Um, you know, and maybe that's, that's a little bit of an older mentality because, because Ben Godfrey is, is very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the past, those kind of players just kind of seem to run around our, our guys. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, you, you said one of the names earlier when you told me that, that, that Obama Yang and Lacazette weren't playing, like in my head, I was immediately like, well, that means Nketiah braced them, right? Like that means like this guy <laughs> who probably hasn't scored in 18 millenniums is going to score a brace. Um, you know, and here I go again, being being the uh, the, the scared Everton fan. But um, but I do I do think that uh, that that the the two wingers or the two people that I would say are wingers, Saka and and Pepe, are the ones that that make me a little nervous. Um, you know, if if we if you start Seamus Coleman, you can maybe have him. We'll put one of them in his pocket, and then just hope that uh, that Dean can can both contribute offensively and defensively. Yeah. Um, as far as Everton news, uh, a lot of people are healthy now, um, but no Decore. So yeah. a lot of people are allegedly healthy. We'll see. Allegedly. <laughs> gotcha. Carlo, sneaky, <laughs> sneaky Carlo. See, that's the thing, man. We we put we talk about possible Everton starters every week, and uh, he always pulls a fast one, pulls something we don't expect, which I love, by the way. Yeah. But uh, it does make it a little frustrating when you never get one right, ever. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just, yeah. But uh, I do. Pickford is back, right? So yeah. probably could see him start. I think an interesting one is whether we'll see Holgate or Coleman starting it right back. Uh, I think in this particular game, because of what I mentioned, I think, I think, I think it's important that it's Coleman. Uh, just because he has the ability to just eliminate another guy. Uh, he's got the, the ability to run with another guy for mm-hmm. most of the match. Maybe he can't do it the whole 90, but, but I, I think, you know, he's done it a couple times this season. Um, and I think you've noticed games where he wasn't in. Uh, I'm trying to think of the one now. There was one relatively recently where he didn't start and the mm-hmm. left winger just, just ran riot over over them and so um i think i think it's got to be coleman for for me i for me right now uh, i don't really like i don't really like holgate it right back uh, it doesn't really seem like he gets the position so uh i coleman when he's been playing he's been producing 
Yeah. You know, definitely. when he's been playing, you know, when he came in the last match, he looked he looked solid. Um, and typically with Carlo, he likes his rotation. So I think we could see Coleman back in regardless. Um, and I don't know if, if Yerry Mina is going to get a start tomorrow just yet. I think it's his first game back. I, yeah. I don't know about that. I think we still could see Keenan Godfrey and Dean uh, being the rest of the line across. I yeah. feel – I feel – I mean, and I don't know about the, the middle three, if it's going to be Davies, Alan, and Sigurdsson, or if we're going to see Andre Gomsch get it in there. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I, again, Carlo rotates. Yeah. Okay? That is, that is what he does. So just when you get comfortable and you think you know what's going to happen, he does a rotation just because he likes to do that. You know? I think you got to – I think you got to leave that midfield how it is. I think they, I think the midfield was 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 pretty good against Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that either of those three guys have done anything to merit being mm-hmm. taken off the team sheet. I, I would, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, uh, you know, but but you're right. I mean, I could see. I mean, if if, if Gomes came in, I guess it would have to be for Tom Davis. I mean, I guess it could be for Sigurdsson, but Sigurdsson scored two goals last time around. He looks and good. Tom Davis, yeah, and, and, and I think Tom Davis has had probably his best stretch as an Everton player yeah. over the past month and a half or so. So I, I don't know that there's any – I guess, unfortunately for, for Andre, I don't know that there's really any place for him in the team right now, specifically mm-hmm. at this moment. I'm not somebody who thinks that he should be gotten rid of or anything. I like him as a player. Um, but, but right now I don't, see a, I don't see a role for him to play. Mm-hmm. In the way that we've been playing, I don't think I don't think he can do what Tom Davis does, and I definitely don't think he can do what what Gilfie Sigurdsson does. Yeah, I'll be curious to kind of see how that shakes out, and uh, I think we feel pretty good in a uh, Hamas Richie DCL. Yep, as long as DCL's truly fit. Yes, yeah. I think that that's the that's the the key there is is if Carlo is playing some games with us again where he's not a hundred percent, so maybe he won't start. Uh, mm-hmm. Then maybe you'd see, I, mean, I guess you'd see Alex Alobi, um, mm-hmm. which is a little disappointing. I'd love, to, I'd love to see him get back to his Iwobinho, but he just hasn't had a, yeah. a performance where, you know, people have been like, "Wow, did you see what he did?" You know, it hasn't, it just hasn't done that lately. I feel like every ever since there was that whole like fake controversy about him wanting to play his preferred position. I feel like it's just kind of been rough since then. And maybe it was rough before that. It was a little I'm bit sure before that too, which is why he yeah. put that post up is what some people yeah. had said. I, I guess I, I don't, don't I guess like Carlo apparently and like everybody else, I'm not quite sure what his preferred position is. Where do you want to play, bud? Like what uh I think we could certainly work that out if, if that's an issue. I'm certain that we could find a way to to plug you in somewhere that works for you. But um I don't know, I just don't uh remembering him for Arsenal against Everton is so frustrating because he always was a problem. Yes. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think he scored on his debut against Everton. Um, so uh, it's just frustrating to, to see now uh, that he just, he just doesn't really seem to be producing. I'm not really sure what it is that, I don't know, I don't know what success looks like for Alex and will be right. Cause he doesn't really score goals. Yeah, I don't either. And the thing is, like, uh, he always – I've always – we've said it – I feel like it's, like, every week. You know, we're like, he's a 10 that plays on the wing. 
Um, yeah. That's that's what Wenger said is his his best position. Um, but I also think that he's a ten that plays on the wing that needs to start on the left, cutting in. That yeah. to me, like I don't think he needs to be starting on the right. His final ball is not the best, and he needs to be not. He needs to not be utilized as a player that goes to the end line and crosses back. He just he, that's yeah. one of the reasons why his final ball is weak because he's more of a he likes to create short combinations, incisive, and give a lot of through balls. So I think uh, he, you know? I think he may have had his best game this season playing what left wing back. I think so that may weird. have been his. Yeah, I think that may have been his most influential performance, if I can, that I can remember, was him playing as like a, like a wing back, because he, you know, because he has the ability <laughs> to get back. He's got some pace, yeah. um, you know. So maybe, I don't know. Uh, when Dean was injured, he he played a couple games in that position, and I thought he was good. Uh, I think I saw. I think that's when you you got like the peak of the uh, of the Awobi stands on on inter on the internet, you know. Uh, <laughs> And 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 you know now of course there's still some some Wobie stands on the internet but they they have been much quieter quieter of late because again I don't we ne- I don't know that we've ever seen him at his best so I don't know what yeah. his best looks like I don't ever. know if we have either I would agree and I just miss the beans on the omelet days yeah, can we right. go back to those right those were nice right. days I'm, I'm for it yeah I'm <laughs> for it so what's the score gonna be man. I'm going to be honest with you. I have, I, I circled this game when we were talking about the next five games, you know, uh, uh, whenever it was, I think before we played Burnley, I circled this game as, cause I thought we would do well in the other games. And I circled this game as the, as the loss, right. As the, this is the, this is the inexplicable loss, right. We're going to come into poor form arsenal at the Emirates and they're just going to, it's going to be like one of those days like, like Chelsea away last year, right before, right before COVID, right. Where it's just like, we beat this team eight weeks ago and they're just ripping us apart now. Um, having said that, every team that has been a part of the super league has had a poor result in the meantime. So I've changed my mind and I'm going for three, one for Everton. And I'm going 2-1 for us. All right. All right. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I should stick with what my, what my brain has been telling me for weeks. Um, but, but I, you know what, I think, uh, I think Richie gets one. I think he gets his head right and gets one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I think uh, if DCL plays, I think he could get one. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, I think the third one comes from an unlikely source. I don't know who it is. I'm not sure who it is. Maybe it's Seamus. Fingers crossed. It's Tom Davies, dude. It's Tom Davies. Oh, I'm a. I would. I would love a Tom Davies goal. How? How? Uh, that's pretty unlikely. You know what I yeah. mean? So I. Has he? What has he scored? Three times for Everton, I think. Uh, yeah, that uh, one. That one is the one that everybody remembers ooh. for City, right? But it's. <laughs> I would. I would love to see him just randomly pull out some crazy moment of magic that you did not yeah. expect. Yeah. So, definitely. Very cool. All right, so yeah. we're picking two. You know, two of us picking wins. It's not not always the case, but hey, it happens happened this time. Uh, Jake, regret it, boys, please. <laughs> <laughs> so that Jake, that's the show, man. We're done. That's it. All right. Yeah, uh, Jake. Anything you uh, you want to plug besides uh, Cleveland Evertonians? 
no, you know, follow us. Like you said, Cleverton OH, uh, you know, we, we hope to once the, uh, once the world is, is still more normal than it is today. Um, we hope to, to get together at least here. So if you're in Northeast Ohio, or if you're ever passing through, you know, shoot us a DM. We're happy to, to have a drink. We've got a, a really friendly bunch, uh, you know, Cleveland's a very friendly city. So we're yes. always happy to, to meet new folks and to, to, to grow our group. Um, you know, buy our gear on, on the, uh, on the soccer.com website. We'd love to, I'd love to run into somebody not in Cleveland wearing Cleveland Evertonians gear. It would just really, really kind of tickle me. Uh, and then as always, when I talk about our gear and our logo, shout out to Everton Designs who gave us this, this brilliant, this brilliant That's logo. Awesome. So always want to, uh, to give him credit for that. Always seems like good people every, every time I see him post. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. Seems like good people. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, Jake, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to go ahead and do my taffy blue spiel now. Uh, so if you've been uh, digging what you're hearing and or watching, please subscribe to uh, the Toffee Blues YouTube channel and or podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you're into the social media thing, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we don't have, uh, I don't, I don't think we have a whole lot of other social media that we're that we're into uh the toffee blues myspace i don't think that's a thing uh but uh yeah <laughs> hey uh but uh you know just i'll be curious if you find it let me know uh also check out the toffee blues website there's uh all things everton on there um, a lot of really a lot of cool guys that you end up hearing and or seeing on this channel um and they, they let me hang out in the chat, uh, the, the group chat sometimes. It's very kind of them. Um, they throw me a bone. They're like, ha, Jerry, you're old American. Great. So it's great. Uh, it's awesome times. Uh, so check out those guys. They, they write some cool stuff. Um, uh, insightful opinions. And uh, everybody, that's it. We have no more, no more content for you. Uh, that's... That's game over. Uh, Jake, you have a good weekend, man. I uh, appreciate you, you coming on. It's good to talk to you on this Absolutely. Um, most eventful of weeks. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy times. Um, really appreciate it, though, man. It's good to talk to you. Sure. Um, good yeah. to catch up. Uh, everybody else out there, um, really, really need three points tomorrow. Actually, that'll be today. We're seeing this, hearing this today. So we need three points tomorrow, today. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. All right. Much love, everybody. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care.